It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Denver Broncos are playing contract games with Russell Wilson and potentially sitting him for the final two games of the season. Could the Russell Wilson era really be over this soon in Denver? Also, the 49ers continue to surprise us in good ways and bad, and you can't appreciate just how bad the Pistons are without knowing just how good Cade Cunningham is. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Denver Broncos have decided the Russell Wilson era might just be over. Ian Rappaport reporting on Wednesday that Denver is strongly considering sitting Russell Wilson for the final two games of the season to avoid any risk of injury in relationship to future money Russell Wilson is owed. The details of it, superfluous to the main point. Russell Wilson might be done in Denver. Cody Rourke from Locked On Broncos joins me now from outside the practice facility there in Denver. And and Cody, uh, just what was your reaction when you first saw this report? Well, you know, Peter, to be honest with you, I was a little shocked to see this news coming out here today. I alluded to it in my Christmas Day article over at milehighsports.com that this could be something that pops up here for the Broncos and puts Jarrett Stidham in a very similar situation because of the fact that, hey, when you look at Russ's contract, he's going to be getting $39 guaranteed million next year. This is part of his new extension. It kicks in officially next year. He's still on the last couple of years of his deal with the Seahawks right now here in Denver. He also got a bunch of money up front from the Broncos when they decided to extend him last season. Um, a little surprising here, you know, considering the fact that, you know, hey, he hasn't really been the reason. They've lost games this season. They've had some offensive struggles, some consistency issues, though, Peter, consistently throughout the last couple of weeks. They've turned the ball over a little bit more. And it hasn't really been Russell Wilson outside of, obviously, a fumble that he had a couple of weeks ago against the Lions. So uh, a little surprising here. But at the same time, Denver has to be smart because, Peter, if he were to get injured in any of these two remaining games, it would automatically accelerate his $37 million guarantee that would kick in on the fifth day of the new league year. So for Denver, this was a business decision. And, you know, Sean Payton said it as well. Some of the reports have come out that this is looking to be for a little bit of an offensive spark because Denver's offense has struggled. Yeah, it also doubles as a stealth tank move, right? Like you get to say, hey, we've made a business decision. We're going to save this money. But the Denver Broncos, you know, if they win their last two games, they're still, by, by some of the models, about a 20% chance to make the playoffs. Who knows what happens, right? The NFL, we've seen strange things happen. But at the same time, the, the Broncos have had a, a dearth of draft capital precisely because they went and got Russell Wilson. So now you've got a new coach who seems to be in charge. He's flexing his muscles and basically seems to be saying, look, uh, we're done this year. We're pushing towards next season. And now they get the benefit of also saving the money and maybe getting that draft pick a little bit better. 
Yeah, I mean, they still have their first-round pick. They don't have a second-round pick in this year's draft, but with Sean Payton and where they're at, one of the things I think they could be looking at doing here is, is also looking at something else. Like, for example, I think another thing we have to talk about here is this could also be a leverage standpoint between both sides. The Broncos, for example, mm. could be looking at a situation where they ask Russell Wilson to potentially restructure his deal. That's certainly a possibility here for Denver. But, I mean, sure. there is a real legitimate chance here that they move on. And this was the risk, I think, that was associated here for Denver signing him to an extension before he played a single down with the Broncos. And that was something that was pushed by the ownership group, not necessarily general manager George Payton. But this doesn't mean that Russell Wilson's time in Denver is officially over, though it could be leaning that way. There could be a little bit of leverage game here for both sides. And I think that is something, maybe an underrated dynamic of this whole entire situation that we have to talk about. Yeah, and and you know, we haven't heard from Russell Wilson yet as we as we sit here today. And, and so, you know, there there could be some negotiation, some wiggle room on on moving forward because as you said, and we've talked about this over the course of the season, and and Sarah, your co-host, has been on here talking about the improvements Russell Wilson has made under Sean Payton. I don't think we we can just assume that this is unsalvageable, right? Correct. Yeah, 100%. And I think so much is going to be is the relationship between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. Is it sustainable? And I think that's something we absolutely have to factor in here. Sean Payton, he's a little grouchy. I mean, we've all known this, though. He's always <laughs> kind of been a grouchy guy. And you, there's no guarantee that Sean Payton wants to run it back necessarily here with Russ. And I think that's something you kind of get it based on you hear his press conferences. He's talked about it a little bit about how the offense hasn't been better. He even mentioned to us in our conference call yesterday with him, he talked about how the offense is average or below average in a lot of the major categories. There's times where there is a clean pocket and they have to stand in it. There's times where the pocket's messy. You know, a lot of people are blaming Russell Wilson solely, but even Sean Payton has his fair share of blame on Denver's offensive struggles as well. So this could be a very, very interesting offseason for the Broncos, who, once again, we've seen that, that doomed quarterback carousel graphic. Peter. I, I, I'm scared and hesitant to ask the question, do we see that return next season here for Denver if they move on from Russ? It's going to be nuts, my friend. Stay up to date all year on the Denver Broncos by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Broncos on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. And thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, do we really know who the San Francisco 49ers are this year? Before we try to answer that, the Packers are trying to put their foot down with Jair Alexander. As the weather gets colder, NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, uh, what are you waiting for? The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, teasers, and more. There's also weekly promos and boosts to give you plenty of opportunities to increase your payout. You can also check out some NBA futures. Right now, the Celtics are FanDuel's favorite to win the NBA title at plus 340. The Nuggets at plus 420. Follow them up. Then the Bucks at plus 460. Despite their woes, the Suns have the fourth best odds at 10 to 1. You can also combine bets for a bigger payout, same game parlays, or a great way to watch the game. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and do the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you covering the top sports stories of the day 24-7 with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. 
channel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. It's a do-or-die game for the Green Bay Packers against the best receiver in the league, and the Green Bay Packers have decided they're going to play it without Jair Alexander, their all-pro corner, who is suspended for this game for conduct detrimental to the team. Matt LaFleur, the head coach, said that it's not just one thing. On Sunday against the Carolina Panthers, Jair Alexander decided to make himself a captain, go out for the coin toss, call it, and almost call it wrong. He said the Packers want to play defense first, which could have, in an uncharitable reading from the officials, meant that he was saying the Packers wanted to defend, which would mean the Panthers got to receive the ball twice. The official saved them and said, you want to defer, and Alexander said, Yes, Alexander downplayed the event after the game. Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekinds clearly did not think it was something to downplay. It was, in fact, Brian Gutekinds, the Packers general manager, who ultimately authored this suspension. LaFleur added, he thinks this will be the best thing for everyone, and his relationship with Alexander will be even stronger as a result. The NBA on Wednesday approved the $3.5 billion sale of controlling interest of the Dallas Mavericks from Mark Cuban to the families that run the Las Vegas Sands Casino Company. The process just took under a month. Patrick Dumont, president and chief operating officer of the Las Vegas Sands Company, will serve as Mavericks governor. Cuban is expected to maintain control of basketball ops, and there's no indication the club will leave Dallas. Cuban has said he wanted to partner with the Sands on a long-range plan of building an arena in downtown Dallas that would include a hotel and casino. The Tommy DeVito experiment is likely over in New York. Giants coach Brian Dable announced Terod Taylor will start this week against the Rams. Tommy Cutlets, the undrafted rookie and local folk hero who quickly became a fan favorite, was benched in favor of Taylor during Monday's 33-25 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. Taylor threw a touchdown pass in the second half and almost led the game-tying drive in the final seconds. Dable said of the decision, I thought he did some good things in the second half of Philly, he said of Taylor. So he earned the right to start this game. DeVito's ride lasted six starts, and he threw seven touchdown passes to one interception while the team went three and three. Not all injuries on the NBA happen on the court. Aaron Gordon is dealing with face lacerations and hand lacerations after dog bites on Christmas Day. The Nuggets announced he will be away from the team for an undisclosed amount of time to recover. This is Gordon's 10th year in the NBA. He's a key cog of the defending champs averaging almost 14.7 rebounds and three and a half assists per game. And elsewhere in the association, the 76ers and Magic squared off in a matchup of two teams that are much closer in the standings than you might expect. This is Philip Rossman-Reich, the host of Locked On Magic as the Orlando Magic fall at the Kia Center 112-92 to to the Joel Embiidless Philadelphia 76ers. I know a lot of Magic fans are online talking about the Magic sports shooting, and I'm not here to say that that's not a problem. I've said that a million times. The Magic sports shooting is a problem. Another sub-30% shooting game. Just, I think, eight three-pointers made in the game. Let me double-check that. Uh, nine three-pointers made in the game. Jet Howard hit one late. But that's not the reason why the Magic lost this game. Yes, shooting is going to expand the margin for error. It's going to make it a lot easier for the Magic to win games like this one where the defense is really tight. It's going to loosen up that defense. But at the end of the day, what the Magic are offensively in this league is finishing and scoring and winning the paint. Orlando, after scoring 70 points in the paint against the Wizards on Tuesday, had only 40 and got outscored 52 to 40, I believe, in the paint. 58 to 40, excuse me, in the paint to a Joel and beatless Philadelphia 76ers. That's why the Magic lost this game. Win the paint, win the game. 
here's another story you need to know. The San Francisco 49ers were rolling. Everyone agreed they were the best team in the league. Brock Purdy was the MVP favorite, and then they ran into a Baltimore Ravens buzzsaw on Monday night, 33-19. to The final, Brock Purdy, four interceptions. Sam Darnold came in and threw a pick of his own, though he did throw a touchdown as well. And, and now the 49ers are going to have to play out the rest of these final two games to try and secure that top seed in the NFC playoff picture. Eric Crocker from Locked On 49ers joins me now. And, and Croc... Uh, this was a week where the Ravens said we should not be underdogs. They went out and proved it. Uh, what is your concern level coming out of this game? You know, I'm not concerned at all with how I feel about the 49ers. This hasn't really changed anything. I've had one big question mark really throughout this year. If the 49ers get down in the game, how do they mm -hmm. respond? And can they pull off a win in that fashion? And so far, if there is any concern, it's their inability to play from behind late in game. So they had an opportunity against the Cleveland Browns, where you had a potential game-winning drive, kicked a field goal, missed it. Uh, after that, you lost two more games in a row, one in Minnesota where you could not uh, overcome that late-game uh, deficit. You had multiple drives to do it, could not do it. Part of it might have been because uh, Brock Purdy was concussed, but nonetheless, you turned it over two times in a row to close out that game. And then the very next week against Cleveland, you had several opportunities late to get back into that game and overcome a one-score deficit, and all they did was turn the ball over three times in the second half and really make it impossible to come back. And then we saw that same thing against the Baltimore Ravens. So uh, my co-host, Brian Peacock, he calls the 49ers the ultimate front runners. If they get out on you, they're like a snake. They will just take the life, squeeze the life out of you and really run up the score. But when they have to play from behind, that has been a big concern of mine. What's crazy is if you look at some of the underlying numbers, you go on a per play basis, the 49ers actually outplayed the Ravens. It was 6.3 yards per play to 5.4 49ers, 429 yards of offense. They just couldn't stop turning the ball over. And I guess those count, right? Like the turnovers count because they lead to Ravens points and all of those things. But it does seem like this offense, as long as they don't turn the ball over, they're still a buzzsaw. And that's what we've seen even in the games against uh, Minnesota, the game against the Cincinnati Bengals, they actually were fine. Like a lot of people wanted to jump on Brock Purdy for those games. Like, see, 49ers lost. And you look at his numbers and how well he played for 90% of the game. He was the same Brock Purdy that was an MVP favorite. But then towards the end of the game, he turned the ball over. In the Baltimore game, I mean, the turnover started early and often, and he wasn't able to overcome that. But yeah, more than more times than not, you look at the the weapons the 49ers have, I think it's hard to play poorly uh, with those guys surrounding you and uh, especially with Kyle Shanahan pulling the strings. So typically the, you know, play the yards per play and all these other metrics you want to look at, the 49ers are going to be top of the league really in every single game. This does, though, Croc, make me feel a little bit um, reminiscent of me talking to Landon McCool the other day from Locked On Cowboys, and he was like, yeah, the Cowboys have trouble winning on the road, and, you know, they, they have this issue of beating good teams, and it's like, well, in the playoffs, uh, you the Cowboys are going to have to go on the road, and they're going to have to beat good teams. Uh, the 49ers could potentially face a similar issue in the playoffs where a team, they might go out 10 nothing, a ball bounces a weird way, you get a kick return, something like that. So how, what is what is going to be the fix if they do go down and in the second half they got to they got to make up a 10 a 10 point deficit or something like that if they are going to go down just go down early in mm -hmm. the game 
again, my my biggest issue yeah. with them is is the late game. Because even in this game, you you had several opportunities to come back. You turned the ball over three times in the first half, and you're down twelve to sixteen. Like that's a really close game. Yeah. And late in the game, the the later it got, the more it was like, ah, we're not really built to come back. So I don't know if this is Kyle Shanahan's offense. He doesn't have a true drop back passing game. Everything's predicated off of the threat of a run or run action, play action, and that sets everything up. Uh, does the offensive line who plays well within the scheme, but if you get outside of that and make them have to be uh, just straight pass blocking. Office alignment, they are not good out at that outside of Trent Williams. Maybe that's an issue. And if that is the case, that stuff ain't changing anytime soon. So I guess the answer is don't fall behind in the playoffs. <laughs> Stay up to date all year on the San Francisco 49ers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On 49ers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, to understand the frustrations of Pistons fans, you must first know how good Kate Cunningham really is. Cade Cunningham is one of the best young players in the NBA. You wouldn't know it, though, because he plays for the worst team in the NBA. Locked on Pistons host Kuka Hill details just how good Cunningham is and why it underscores just how bad the rest of the Pistons roster is. Tell me why you should keep your jobs. Tell me. Because I can't find a single reason why anybody, anyone, I don't care if Chauncey Billups was the head coach. I don't care if the most beloved Detroit athlete of all time was the Detroit Pistons jail manager or the Detroit Pistons head coach. After 27 straight losses, after 27 straight losses, after building a roster that is so bad that your franchise player can score 40 points in one week twice, twice, and still lose, he can play the entirety of the second half, miss three shots total, Score 37 points and still lose? Need you to tell me why you should keep your job. That's what I need. That's why I Because we haven't seen, we haven't heard from Troy Weaver at all when it comes to that. We haven't heard, actually, not even when it comes to that. We haven't heard from Weaver at all. At all. As far as I'm concerned, the last time I heard from Weaver, for real, was when he wrote that pen paper, not pen, he wrote that paper to Pistons fans about how he was so sorry for last season and how this year was going to be completely different. Little did I know that I did. I, I must not understand what he meant by different. I, I thought he meant positively different. I, I By no means did I think worse than NBA history different. What's crazy about the Pistons roster is they made some big bets in the draft that the draft community, for example, really liked. Like Jalen Duran from Memphis and Killian Hayes in the draft. Though that pick has not worked out nearly as well as some thought it could. Jaden Ivey was one of the draft darlings. It wasn't like they took these risks on guys no one thought had a chance to be good. And they have other NBA players, guys you've heard of, Bogdan Bogdanovich and Joe Harris. They have real NBA players, Monty Morris. But this team has just not coalesced. They're also paying Monty Williams the most money any coach has ever gotten. They should be better than this. The problem is in today's three-point shooting variance league, they don't have three-point shooting. And when you have a superstar who's also not a high-volume three-point shooter, that can become pretty tough. So Cade Cunningham has been awesome. He is an ascending player. You hope he can be a franchise player, though he hasn't proven it. The rest of this roster has talent, we think. 
At a certain point, though, that talent has to be realized or it's not worth that much. And finally, when Shohei Otani joined the Dodgers, he had a problem. His uniform number was not available. Relief pitcher Joe Kelly wore 17 last season. When you have as much money as Otani has coming to him, though, you can find a solution. He bought Kelly's wife, Ashley, a Porsche. It's important to note that Ashley had lobbied pretty hard for Otani to sign with the Dodgers and even sent pictures of all of Joe's number 17 jerseys and said, we could change the name from Kelly to Otani on the back. She even offered to rename her daughter from Kai to Shokai. No word yet on if the name change is going to be part of this negotiated jersey number swap thing. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports Today, just how bad will Joe Flacco beat the Jets on Thursday night? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports Today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.